0: Hey guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project Podcast. At the end of 2022, I was having a really hard time finding a job on Miami Beach, and so just to have a little bit of money coming in, I started selling off the stuff in the corners of the closet, the stuff in the trunk of my car. I decided to learn how to use eBay, how to get actually savvy on it. I went on YouTube and I looked for tutorials, and in the process, I found a bunch of videos from resellers people whose mantra is basically to buy low and sell high. Normally they go to thrift stores, estate sales, Facebook marketplace, they find things that are valuable, they buy it for super cheap, they clean it up, maybe restore it, and then they flip it for profit on eBay. I've started doing that in my own modest part-time way and started to understand what many of the people who do this professionally refer to as like one of the biggest hurdles to get over, which is the loneliness, the loneliness of being in your car all day, prepping packages, taking them to the post office, shopping at thrift stores, focused your earbuds on. And I think the loneliness is part of the reason that the reseller community on Reddit is so toxic and vulgar and judgmental and hateful, but it's also part of the reason why the reseller community on youtube is so effusively kind and helpful and inviting one of my favorite creators in that space is a guy named matt his channel is called thrift a life but he's got a second channel too called book pilled On the one channel, he talks in a really deadpan, borderline miserable way about reselling, while on the other channel, he speaks very passionately about sci-fi novels and fantasy. Matt had already been making videos for a few years, when in the latter part of 2023, he made a video saying, basically, fuck this, and he announced that he was done with reselling, closing his eBay store, purging all of his inventory. He said he was going out into the world and he was gonna be a digital nomad. Gonna to go to Mexico first. He was gonna live in transient places with his laptop. Keep making videos about eBay, fine, and about books, but he just couldn't take the actual reselling anymore. The grind of it, the frustration, the relentlessness. And so he dipped. And it was one of the most unexpectedly moving moments I think I've had on YouTube to see the videos That Matt made once he got to Mexico, filming them from a beach. He was beaming in these videos. This dude who clung very closely to his, I think it's a shtick, his character in the videos, where he's always dour and he's like a hyper articulate Eeyore. Kind of the bit is that he's way overqualified for the job that he's doing, but here he is. And he's showing up and he's doing it because it's the only thing that keeps him from the drudgery of an office job or a restaurant job. Matt is back in LA now, I think. Back to making regular videos and he's back to reselling and he seems a little bit down about it. I don't know if it's he's just getting back into the shtick, but he also, when I watch the channel, he also seems enriched in a way that I've been dwelling on. I talked to my dad on the phone for an hour this past Sunday and after we riffed for a while about the strangely pleasant weather we've had in Miami for the past couple weeks. He he told me that one of the worst things confronting Ukrainian soldiers on the front line right now is these hordes of enormous, aggressive, disease-carrying rats that flood the trenches at night and bite them while they sleep. And the bites aren't little nicks. These things are snatching like pea-sized chunks of flesh out of these guys and he, he was describing this and also the likelihood that one of the world's many fascists right now is going to cross swords with nato in the next couple of years and initiate world war three and thus a fucking whole draft into the u.s military will commence and he said if someone did nuke the united states his theory is that the place they would probably do it is not what everyone thinks which is like new york city or washington dc some densely populated place the place they'll nuke is the american northwest because you see that's like one of the bread baskets of the world if that region became irradiated a famine would ensue and it would kill legions of people long before nuclear winter but um but but anyways uh what are you and marie doing for dinner you got any plans Another YouTuber whose life roped me into a kind of emotional roller coaster is a competitive eater and his name is Furious Pete. Furious Pete's channel was already well established and he had a huge following in 2015 when he was diagnosed with testicular cancer and he chronicled the discovery and the treatment and finally the removal of one of his testicles. A couple years later in 2017 he made a vlog to say that the cancer was back and now his second testicle would have to be removed. And that vlog was gutting to watch because he was recording it within minutes of having gotten the news. So before he told his wife or his parents, he just hung up the phone with his doctor. He pulled the camera onto his desk and he slouched in front of it and he just started talking to himself. He was explaining the situation as much to himself as to the listener. And as he went through the facts and like just kind of forecasted what his future would be, He just wept. Things turned out okay, I guess. He got the surgery, it was successful, and he's now on testosterone treatment for the rest of his life. He did some interesting Q&As, actually, at the time, where he would say like, "Yes." Even without testicles, I can still get an erection. I can still have sex, still ejaculate. And I was, which was fascinating to hear. I hadn't really ever given that much thought, but as I was watching all those videos and learning so much about like testicular cancer and the treatment and the aftermath, every now and then I would pause. And I would think like, I subscribed to this channel so I could watch this dude eat pizzas. I guess one of the benefits of watching someone's journey through an illness on YouTube is that it prompts you to be mindful of your own health. Like that's one thing. Furious Pete told the story at one point about how he realized he had testicular cancer. He said he was at a restaurant, and he went to the bathroom, and he peed in the urinal, and then afterward, he, he could not fit his junk back into his pants. One of his testicles was suddenly the size of his fist. It's, like When you, someone says that to you, it sounds crazy negligent. Like, how could you not notice until it got to that point? But I guess that's just how it is. He's not an unintelligent or unobservant guy. It's the kind of thing that you just don't notice until you notice, or until it gets in your way. Like one of those... Ukrainian trench rats. Whatever the case, it's a certain kind of nakedness that you see sometimes on YouTube. If you've been on the platform for a long time, if you've been watching certain channels for a few years, you'll likely come to one of these moments where a YouTuber like Matt at Thriftalife or Furious Pete at Furious Pete. They're already a regular vlogger. They know how to use a camera. They know how to use the software. They know how to interview, cut, edit, and then at some point a crisis happens in their life where they have some kind of epiphany. They're about to make some huge change and they're, they also happen to be savvy in what Martin Scorsese calls the grammar of cinema. Talking into a camera and editing footage is totally second nature to them and then they're able to depict their own change. We're able to see how they process that trauma, that event, how they talk to the lens like it's just some familiar, unjudging companion. Like, it doesn't matter if they have the right words for it, if they have a great vocabulary um, to convey what it is that they're feeling. The fact of the matter is, the camera and, like, film itself has become a medium that they now understand intuitively not just how to convey information with it but how to be earnest with it how to be raw with it i kind of don't like that word but i tend to feel like they look a little more enriched on the other side of that crisis and now when we look at them they have like more dimensions and we remember what they were like in the past and how much they've grown but matt's situation stayed with me leaving his less than favorable situation in los angeles and just going to live as a digital nomad for a while in Mexico, and I was thinking like, yes, it's, he seems enriched for that experience. He seems, it seems like he's got a sure hand in creating his content, having, you know, taken us through that whole experience, but I think ultimately it's us who've been enriched. By the experience, by having been invited into the room to watch a person go through some kind of intimate, revelatory, traumatic change. Those are the kinds of experiences in the course of a YouTube channel where the arc of its narrative becomes, I think, artful where the audience's capacity for empathy expands yes youtube is distracting it's ephemeral it it gives a platform to sometimes noxious people but it's free to the masses it is sprawling it is human and like a reseller's greatest dream you can give it very little of yourself for a long period of time and walk away with a pretty enormous profit